So, hey, 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 thank you for joining me today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me here in my study room or my table, whichever one uh, fits into your day today. Uh, we are going to be continuing the book of Luke, chapter 15, as well as 16. I will be reading from the International Version Bible, and you're welcome to follow along with me with a Bible version of your choice. So before we step into Luke 15, I wanted to talk a little bit about parables. We see Jesus often spoke to the crowd in parables. He didn't say anything to the crowd except spoke to them in parables. And what are parables? We hear these parables a lot of times, like growing up in church and everything. We hear the word parables a lot. What does it mean when we hear the word parables? Parables are spiritual analogies containing a secret message. In this particular scene where Jesus is sharing these parables with the crowd, he is speaking a spiritual message. He is relating to them in their personal affairs, but also speaking with a secret message, a code, so that those that had eyes saw it and ears heard it. It wasn't just for the physical eyes or physical ears. It was for the spiritual eyesight as well as hearing. Many parables in the Bible have deep meanings and spiritual revelation, but we've got to seek God for it. It says when Jesus spoke in parables, he went afterwards and gave the meaning to his disciples. He spoke to the crowd in parables, but then went in private and explained the meaning to his disciples. So we hear these parables speaking, or these parables mentioned many times in the Bible, but sometimes we don't see the meaning. So we ought to go into that secret place. We ought to go into that secret place with God and ask him for the interpretation because he still speaks. Even to this day, he still speaks. And the parables that he speaks have meanings and they have purpose. So let us continue on with Luke 15. Parable of the lost sheep. How many times have we heard this parable before? I have heard this parable many times when I was growing up in church. I had heard this parable many times on different platforms. I have read about this parable many times. And now I'm going into the parable and going to be dissecting it so that I can further understand what it is that Jesus is saying. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. And I'm going to be sharing insights alongside with the scripture, spiritual insights. But the Pharisee and the teacher of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. How many times we hear these religious Pharisees speaking ill of us they, this person that I know 
is eating with sinners or welcome sinners. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. That's a powerful parable, isn't it? We heard this parable many, many times. This parable speaks volumes. And if you have been that sheep, if you have been that lost sheep, you know and understand the value of this parable. If you have been the one to wander off, you understand the value. When you are wandering off in a different direction, when you are wandering off to the side, you don't know what to do at times. You are lost, you're confused. You don't know what to do at times. But Jesus comes and he finds you. He puts you joyfully on his shoulders and goes home. He doesn't criticize you for it. He's not critical of you. Jesus puts that lost sheep on his shoulders and goes home. Then he goes and invites his neighbors to rejoice with him. And so Jesus gives us a little mystery of what goes on in heaven when one sinner repents. When one who has been wandering around in the desert, in the wilderness, repents. That means turns around from that which is bad for them to that which is good for them. When that one sinner who used to do bad, who used to go in the wrong direction, repents, turns away from sin and, and to God. This is what happens. There is rejoicing in heaven over that one sinner. And think of it this, this way. There is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. That's powerful. That's powerful to me. But let us continue. Another parable, and uh, Luke happens to be full of parables. Luke gives us a perspective into another parable. Now again, a parable is an analogy, a spiritual analogy with a secret message. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Again, Jesus is speaking over that one sinner. But the Pharisee and teachers, remember, they were critical of Jesus. Oh, he welcomes sinners and eats with them. But they don't understand the value of that one sinner. They don't understand the value of that one who they think is a sinner. 
I can relate to this woman that had set 10 silver coins and loses one. I can relate to her. Because many times I was in a situation where I had all the things together, but I was, I was missing that one thing. I was missing that one thing. And I, don't, I didn't just throw it to the side and said, well, you know what? I don't need that one thing. Because that one thing completes the perfect puzzle. That one piece that I lost completes the perfect puzzle. And if I don't find it, it's not going to be complete. So what does she do? This woman, she lights a lamp. She sweeps the house and searches carefully until she finds it. I have found myself in this situation. I've lost something. And I looked everywhere for it. I went under my bed. I went under the couches, to the corners, to the areas where I think it could have been. And finally, when I find it, there's such joy in my heart. And you who has lost something, you you know, understand. You, you understand the value of finding that thing that you lost. And so Jesus is speaking a parable to show us the value of one sinner. He says, yeah, I have 99 righteous, but I'm looking for that one. And you know what? I was that one. I was that one and I know what it feels like. I was that one that wandered off. Chasing the pleasures and treasures of life. I was that one that wandered off. When I was out there, I was lost. I was confused. I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know how to go back. I didn't know where to turn. But Jesus found me. And he said, I am the truth. I am the way and I am the life. If you need truth, I will give you the truth. If you need a way, I will find a way for you. Just follow me. Just follow me. Willingly. Get on my back. Just, just follow me. Surrender yourself to me. And I'm saying this to you too. If you are one that's wandering off, if you, if you feel like you've wandered around for so long and you just don't know how to get back, you just simply lost it. You simply forgot. You simply just gave up. All you need to do is surrender and say, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I've lost my way. I don't know what the truth is. Help me to find my way. And you know what? Jesus is right there. Jesus is right there. He's listening. He says, come on. Come back home. Because I've been waiting for you to say something. And it brings me to the parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estimate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off to a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. Imagine being the son. So he went and hired himself to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He felt less than. He longed to fill, and that's me just 
um, reflecting. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He desired to eat what the pigs were eating. Can you imagine that? Like he was that hungry. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. A desire ignited within his heart to go back, no matter what it looks like, to go back, no matter how the father feels, to go back. And when he made his decision to go back, So he got up and went to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you. And that's repentance right here. I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said, to his servants and I get emotional here because I can see myself in this situation but the father said to his servants quick bring the best robe and put it on him put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet bring the fattened calf and kill it let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine son of mine, mine was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found remember that one lost sheep remember that one lost coin there is value in one. So they begin to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has, he has him back safe and sound. And I want to stop right here. I want to stop right here. This is how my site was born, firestarterignite.com. It was born out of my own situation. I'm a prodigal. In 2009, I decided to go back. And while I decided to go back, the enemy knew exactly what was going to happen. So he tried to stop me. He put things in front of me, pleasures, treasures of the world. And like a lost sheep, I didn't know any better. I just went in with whatever whatever I saw was good at a time. But Father pursued me. He pursued me to the point where I said, enough is enough. I will go back. Enough is enough. I will go back and face my Father. And listen... When I uttered those words, and my words were, help me, Father. It wasn't exactly, I want to go back. It was, help me, Father. I need help. And when I decided to go back, my father opened his hands wide open and welcomed me back home. Not only that, he prepared a table of delight for me. Literal table of delight for me. And that is what I share, a table of delight for your soul's delight and encouragement. Whatever the Father shares with me, I share with you. Whatever the Father gives me, He gives me in abundance. 
He gives me an abundance of food. Whatever it is that he has given me, I am happy to share with others. And I'm rejoicing in the process of what God has done for me. While we're at this party, while we're at this table, I'm going to tell my story. While we are celebrating, I'm going to tell you where I've been. And I'm going to tell you how how my father has saved me. And how I was ignited to go back. So today, if you're listening, you're a prodigal and you just lost out there. You squandered your wealth and you're just had it enough. You said, man, I, I thought there was something in, in you know, some, some type of value in this pleasures and treasures of life, but I, I don't see it. I thought there was something more, but I don't see it. I know there's something more that I'm missing. If you have been thinking this way, then it's time for you to ignite with desire to go back home. Whatever that home is for you. Father, I have sinned against you in heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And listen, when you go back, oh, the Father is going to prepare a table of delight for you. Listen, he is going to put a ring on your finger and sandals on your feet. You are his son. You are his daughter. And he won't even criticize you for it. He won't even criticize you for straying away. He'll welcome you back with hands wide open. And if you're that older son who have been in church all your life, you don't understand what it's like to be out there. You don't understand what it's like to be out there in the world. And you see the father celebrating those who have come back and you're filled with anger and you're filled with with envy. Listen, you don't understand the value of one. You don't understand the price that was paid for that one. Celebrate your brother. Celebrate that one that have chosen to come back. Don't look down upon them. Don't talk about them. I remember wanting to come back, but I heard whispers. Will, I, will God ever use her because of her past? Can God even use her? And those words were critical. And I didn't even need to hear them at a time. And they were spoken from someone I loved and cherished. It was, it was spoken from someone that I thought respected me. And yet, they looked down upon me because of my past. I didn't need those words in my life. But I pressed through that hate. I pressed through that. They do not know any better. And I came out to the other side. Today, my father has set a table of delight before me. And not only am I sharing what the father has given me, I'm also sharing other treasures of the people that I have also ministered to. And the people 
that I have brought to safety and much more to come. And if you have not yet checked out my site, please do. It is going to be a delight and encouragement to your soul. I share so much at this table. Whatever the Lord puts on my heart, I share it. You will find spiritual devotions, personal studies, words of life, encouragement, and so much more. Just get to that table. Firestarterignite.com The Father has ignited me, so I'm here to ignite you. He has ignited my desire to go back. He has ignited my desire to serve him. I will be the one to ignite your desire to serve him. I will be the one to ignite your desire to go back to the Father's house because he's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to make that chance, that change, and that he has given you that chance to go back. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. One who has never left. One who stayed in the father's house. He became angry and refused to go in. And it was that hate and anger that has kept him out. So his father pleaded, went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father. And that's pride right there. Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said. You are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and it is alive again. He was lost and now is found. So celebrate with me. Don't look, upon, don't look down upon your brother. One who has squandered his wealth. One who has, who, who has gone way too far. Celebrate him with me. And if you have been in church all your life, you don't understand the price that this prodigal had to pay. You don't understand what they have been through. So please, just celebrate your brother. Just celebrate your brother. And thank you for joining my table. Thank you for being part of my journey. God bless you and take care. So if you have not checked out uh, Luke, Luke 15, I encourage you to go back and uh, check out the chapter. I'm sure it's going to be a blessing to you as we step into our next chapter, which is Luke 16. And we step into another parable. If you want to also hear an insight on parables, um, you are welcome to also go back to Luke 15 and just hear what I got to say. So I will be reading from New International Version Bible and you're welcome to follow with me with a Bible version of your choice. I will also be sharing insights, spiritual delights that um, are offered at my table with you and pray they are a blessing to you. Luke 16. Jesus told his disciples, 
there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possession. So this is another parable that Jesus is telling his disciples. There was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. He says, I hear some things about you. And so give me an account of, or basically tell me your side of the story, right? Because this is what's, what's been said about you. These are the rumors. Uh, what's your side of the story, right? Because we, we like to hear uh, rumors, but we, we don't like to hear both sides of the story, right? We like to hear what somebody has done. We like to, you know, even assume some things, but we don't like to hear or we don't make that effort to go to those very people and hear their side of the story instead of assuming things and imagining things because um, imagining and assuming is going to get us nowhere. And so here, Jesus telling a, uh, telling a parable to his disciples. He says there is this uh, manager who's accused of wasting his possessions. And so the manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that I, when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in, e in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? So without even going any further, listening to his master, he went ahead and basically went to the people or his own, his debtors, you know, the ones that owed him. And he said, how much do you owe me? And he says, 900 gallons of olive oil. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 450. So he says, you, you owe me 900. He says, uh, just give me 450. And he asked the second, and how much do you owe? And he says, a thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, he said, um, you owe me a thousand, so make it 800. The master commanded the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. Because, you know, our master knows exactly what's going on. He can see the things that we don't. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than they are people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into internal dwellings. And so he tells this um, parable to his disciples. And he says he wants to demonstrate a point to the disciples. And uh, the disciples are listening to the parable. They're listening to the story. And oftentimes, when we listen to the story, we're like, well, what are you trying to say? And so Jesus says, this is what I'm trying to say. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you? Who will trust you with true riches 
And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you the property of your own? It's like common sense right here, right? He says, if you're not faithful with what I give you, how can I give you more? He goes on to say, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despite the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisee that were there listening, who loved money, heard this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your heart. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. He did not, he did not um, waste his time explaining to the, uh, to the Pharisees. He openly rebuked them. And the Pharisee knew exactly what he was talking about because they were pricked in their hearts. They were pricked in their hearts. And so Jesus is telling them this parable and he's saying, if this master or this or this manager is dishonest with very little how can i put him in charge of more he says there's rumors about you can you give me an account of what's really going on can you give me your side of the story and so he doesn't tell him his side of the story he goes ahead and he basically makes it right with all the others, right? The ones that own him something. He makes it right. He goes to them and he says, you owe me this much. You know what? I'm, I'm, I have compassion on you and, you know, you owe me 900, but um, give me 450. He says, just give me half of that. And then another one who was, who owed him thousand, he said, just give me 800. And so Jesus was, Demonstrating a principle here. He says, whoever can be trusted with very little can be also trusted with much. So if you're not honest about what it is that you already have, that which you have will be taken away. Be very careful how you handle your affairs. Be very careful. Because the Pharisee who loved money, they were the ones that Jesus spoke about. He knew that they were serving God and money. It wasn't just that they were serving God. They were serving both. And he rebuked them for it. The law and the, fair, and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached and everyone is forcing their way into it. It is easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the least stroke of a pen to drop out of the law. Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery, and the man who marries, marries a divorced woman commits adultery. These are additional teachings that Jesus is presenting here, and Luke wants to take it into account and give it to us, or he wants to um, take an account of it and share it with us because it's important. But he doesn't go into an extent of it. He only kind of gives us a little bit of it. I believe Mark goes in, into more extent and so does Matthew, but uh, Luke doesn't really go into it as much. And he doesn't waste too much time on that topic. He goes to another topic. 
There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his guest gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. That's a not a pleasant sight right here. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, Hades or Hades, um, there where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus the, to, to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. So he gives a, a little illustration of what goes on uh, to people who are greedy. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. Remember, Lazarus was a beggar. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. So there's a boundary line, right? He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let, let them listen to them. No, Abraham, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And he said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. And so he finishes his thoughts here um, with this particular thought. If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. So if they cannot believe um, what the law is saying, the prophets, they won't believe if someone comes from the dead. So it gives us a little, so John, uh, uh, Luke John gives us the account of this particular parable, I would say. And um, he wants us to learn from it. He says, it will be too late. It will be too late. Now is the chance for you to do right. Now is the chance for you to do better. When you get to that place of eternity, there will be no other choice, no other chance. You've got to do the best you can with what you have right now. And so I hope that you are learning something from it. Um, don't just take my word for it. Go into the word and study for yourself. Study the word of God for yourself. I'm only here to ignite your soul's desire to study deeper, jump a little higher, and uh, dissect the scripture because it's that important. It's that important. Thank you once again for joining me. God bless you and take care.